0: Good afternoon, or good evening in the UK rather. Uh, Welcome to Know Yourself, this is Dan Udell, and I'm here, I'm joined by Jonathan Darling. Um, He is a sales leader, um, he's a leadership coach, he's also a mental health advocate, and he is a really interesting guy that I only met recently, and we're going to get into that a little bit more. Um, But this is going to be an interview with him, a chat, And I think you're going to get a lot out of it. So, Jonathan, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate you being here. Yeah, Daniel, thanks. Thanks for having me. And uh, thanks. uh, I I really appreciate you and I being able to connect and and actually connect in person. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's it's really sort of serendipitous how we started, uh, sort of how we connected online. So I was actually I actually did a podcast episode about this the other day. Like I've been on like a real sort of like positivity kick uh recently. Well it's it's not even a kick, it's literally just it's like uh a switch. It's like instead of saying no all the time and like complaining and like dwelling on things in life, I've kind of like I've flicked over to like yes, like what can I do? Like taking accountability, like, eliminating excuses. And it was really interesting. I started, like, looking up on Instagram, like, hashtags to do with positivity. And literally, one of the first posts that popped up was your post. And it was about how you'd been on a run and you'd injured your ankle that day. (laughs) And you carried on despite injuring your ankle. And I literally, I just saw it and I thought yes, that is exactly what I mean. Like, that is exactly the kind of person that, like, I'm after. And, yeah, it was just just amazing seeing that.
1: (laughs) That's really cool. Now, it's it's funny. uh, I had quite a few people, like, reach out to me, um, just friends, really, like, people I'd already been connected with and, like, people that I already have previous relationships with reach out to me and... And were like, hey, you, you really need to be careful out there. Hey, you know, you're, you know, you shouldn't try to push it too hard. If you, if you, if you twisted your ankle out there, you know, you probably shouldn't have kept going. And you were one of the one of the only people, and you and I had never met, who reached out to me and was like, man, this is awesome. Way to not give
0: up. I think you said something along those lines, and, and <laughs> I was just like, yeah. So,
1: I, so I immediately went and followed you. And then it's funny you did what i try to do most of the time if i see someone follows me and actually gives like genuine feedback or has a genuine comment versus just like the spam bots who just
0: like fish for followers and yeah you reached out to me in a private message
1: you know telling me thanks for the follow. And i try to do that and i was like man this this guy reminds me a lot of what i try to do on social media <laughs> and actually have a meaningful connection with somebody
0: yeah i just i just genuinely believe in like reaching out and just saying hey this is who I am if you never want to speak to me again I'm cool with that but you know I think we like are similar or we can have an interesting conversation it's like networking but just online I see it as and yeah I just saw what you were doing and I thought that's that's my guy (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome yeah so, I just, I guess it's like with anything, it's like your origin story now. It's like, you know, what's, when did Jonathan, like, become, like, a person? Like, when when did you start having your own, like, thoughts and feelings? And, like, you know, how did you start off? And then, I guess, how did you get to the point you're at now where, you know, you're, leadership coach you consulting um you know helping people become better leaders you're also building up a division um a company that you work at i don't want to go into it too much because i know you will um you know how how do we get to that point
1: well it you know it's interesting um i haven't always been the most positive self-motivated person and Um, the, the person that a lot of people see now is actually, even in the last probably 12 months is, is drastically different than who I was even 12 months ago. But, you know, I grew up, um, pretty normal family, pretty, pretty normal upbringing. And, um, around 10 years old, my, my parents split up and got divorced and, um, my mom, at that point remarried the guy that she was cheating on my mom with, uh, cheating on my dad with, uh, two weeks after the divorce was final and, you know, moved us into a new home. And, um, through some, some different situations there, just some, some pretty bad blended family relationships. My mom moves us to Indiana and the guy that she had married, they, um, they married and divorced three different times and Uh-oh. during those times from about seventh grade when we when I moved up to Indiana my sister and I um, my mom didn't get out of bed for almost I mean it was like for two two and a half years straight um, just you know she would have up moments she would have down moments but she severely battled with depression and my sister and I really had to take care of ourselves. And so for a long period of my life, there wasn't a whole lot of, um, know, yeah, I know my parents loved me. I know that my parents tried to do better than what their parents did, but there just wasn't a whole lot of accountability growing up and a whole lot of real positive, um, influence and, and positive backing. Yeah. Um, You know it's funny I actually just recently had a conversation with my mom which I feel like you know I'm 35 years old now is one of the first real conversations that I've ever had with her about that and I told her that my biggest goal for me and my family and my daughters was to break the cycle of um of mediocrity in our family and and breaking the the cycle of being a quitter and settling in our family, which um, I believe both of my parents have have done. My dad, I feel like, has settled a lot in his life, and um, we have a great relationship, but I, I just I feel that way, and we just have a very high victim mentality yeah. um, kind of way of thinking in my family's life, and, and we I grew up in that.
0: Um, I never really had a victim mentality, but I didn't really care about much either. And, Interesting. you know, going through... I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I'm I was just I was just agreeing it's really interesting. Like it's interesting like how you've got like a polar opposite almost like there's that uh what feels like a lack of accountability to now there's like an abundance of it. So I just think that's really interesting. Carry on, yeah. Yeah, and
1: and you know that that sense of non-accountability and just it was just a sense of not caring. I didn't really, I didn't really see my life as being anything great. I didn't see my life as really turning out to be anything that, anything noteworthy or anything like that. And so, you know, all through college, I just pretty much partied my way through school and didn't really put forth a whole lot of efforts. And, um, you know, I, I, the, the perception of me was just I was just a, a loser and you know a lot of people I, I think sometimes and in, 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 people don't understand this when I say this a lot of times because it, it almost comes across very just harsh but you know everybody makes choices in their life yeah. and and we all we all have a choice everything we do we have a choice and you know I was I was a loser because I was making loser choices, and a lot of people want to sugarcoat different conversations around things like that. You know, I was a little bit more overweight at one point, and the reason was is because I was making overweight choices. I was making choices that kept me in that cycle of being overweight. That's who I was, and we try to gloss over that and make it really pretty, but no, I was, I was a loser because I was making loser choices, and I was... Li- I gave people that perception of me because that's the choices and how I was living my life. And, you know, I, I don't really sugarcoat that. And, and, you know, people will always try to make you feel better. Oh, you weren't a loser. Yes, I was. Um, I was making poor choices
0: and, you know, really it, it came down to about eight years ago. Um, really,
1: you know, meeting my wife and having, Someone in my life that believed in me more than I believed in myself um it came down to me finding spirituality which is which is something that you know really kind of holds holds me strong and and kind of base and then it also came down to you know about a year ago in September, I did a twenty four hour challenge with a Navy seal and a group of people to go out and hike for twenty four straight hours and wow the whole concept behind it was learning how to really identify your inner dialogue, what it says to you and realize that your inner dialogue is just full of crap. And we tell ourselves horrible things and we beat ourselves up and we, we, we allow ourselves to be controlled by fear. And I really just decided that, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't made to be mediocre, mediocre. I wasn't made to be average. I wasn't made to, um, be negative I was made to be a positive influence in other people's lives and and we're I feel like we're all made that way and I just decided that you know and, it, and it's been building over the last eight years but it's really just come, come to a culmination where I'm gonna live my life to be the best
0: that I can be because I I don't think we were created to be anything less you feel like you owe it to yourself yeah 100% that, you know I don't think anybody
1: wakes up in their life and says, "You know what? I just wanna i I just wanna be the 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 worst version of me that I can be." Yeah. And but we settle for that.
0: What do you think holds people back from becoming the best version of themselves?
1: Um. Wow. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of things, but what I really think it boils down to is self belief in in seeking value in in unvaluable places
0: wow all right so for example, that might be uh chasing after like material possessions that might be chasing after like you're hanging out with the wrong crowd and you know you're you're chasing after like being cool or you know having like social currency as it were yeah i you know i for a long time in my life
1: i you know and and even once i decided that i was going to really put forth effort my effort came from a very negative place um once I really decided that I was going to work hard and and do these different things to become the best, you know, I, I wanted to be the best. Like I got into sales. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to make the most money. I wanted to be considered a success, but I was doing it out of spite because I wanted to prove people wrong. And I don't think, and I don't think that's necessarily a bad. Thing. I think sometimes
0: you've got to have a little bit of fire like that, a little bit of that angry fire. Yeah, like but, a chip on your shoulder type thing. Yeah, a little bit of that chip on your shoulder, but when it consumes you to where the only reason why you want to do it
1: is for the validation of others, yeah, it just becomes it, it's an empty pit that will never be filled because you'll all, it's once you might get one person's approval there's always someone else out there that's going to not approve and then you're going to be changing yourself or doing doing all of these different things living your life to hope that you're making other people proud or happy with what you're doing and it's just it's 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 just worth it's it's just worthless
0: i love i love i absolutely love that you brought this up because it feels like for me I used to I used to be like this, so what you're saying, like, it resonates to me on such, like, a strong level. Like, it feels like you're trying to put, like, you know, like those toys that you get where you're a kid where it's, like, a circle-shaped hole and then you've got the different shapes. It feels like you're trying to put, like, a square shape in the circle hole and, like, it just doesn't yeah. fit because it's not you fulfilling yourself. It's you're putting stuff external inside and hoping that it fixes your problems
1: yeah and you know what daniel you know what pisses me off the most about that why it i think what uh what i try to communicate as as clearly as i can is that we all want to live our life and live out our dreams yeah. ultimately we all want to live out our life and live our dreams but we get stuck in this need to to have other people's approval for our life. Yeah. And, and when we get this negative feedback or we get this, these, this negativity that's brought back into our life because of, you know, people just being, just people being people and it tears us down and it tears us down. And we don't understand why people can't build us up and be positive influences in our life and support us. But then, we have a tendency to then turn around and when we hear someone else's dream or what they want to do or how they want to step out what might be stepping out of what's normal for us, but they want to try it, then we're the ones feeding that negativity to them. Yeah, And it's just like we, we all want people to for some reason accept us and love what we're doing, but then we get wrapped in it because then we end up We end up doing the same things to other people and we just – I don't understand why we can't get into this mindset of, hey, just because you want to go out and you want to try this or you want to quit your job because you want to go open up an ice cream parlor and that's kind of your dream, I should do nothing but support you in that because it might not be mine. I might not understand it. It might be ridiculous to me, but it is not my place to tell you in any way, shape, or form, how you should chase your dreams or why you shouldn't do things. I should just be there to be like, man, the day you
0: open the doors, I'm coming in and getting a double scoop of, you
1: know, moose track ice cream. Let's go.
0: Yeah, because, yeah, because if you're doing anything, anything other than that support, then I think it's just like, it's a lot of like envy and it's like, it's like looking at what someone else has got and comparing and like, how can you compare? And also how can you judge? It's like valuing your opinion. Like it's, it's thinking that you're above like other people when it's not, it's just, you know, like your dream, Jonathan's like going to be so different to mine. It doesn't mean that like it's any less like either way, they're just different dreams. And like, yeah, I think sometimes we forget that. Yeah. And it's, you know, and I and I lived my life for a long time,
1: allowing negative people to to hold value over what I believed I was capable of,
0: right.
1: and really just came down to deciding that, um, as long as I am living the way that I believe from a spiritual standpoint, I'm supposed to be living, and my wife is okay with the choices that I'm making in my life. And, and and I tell my wife all the time, there are things that I do that she doesn't love that she doesn't understand that she's not pumped about, Yeah. but it doesn't take anything away from who we are as a married couple, from the vows that I committed to her and, and the commitment we have to each other. And it doesn't do anything to go against anything eth- ethically or morally that we believe. And, and as long as those things are there and I can stand in front of her and be the best husband and be the best man that I can be, um, that's really all I care about, her opinion.
0: Yeah. You feel, um, you feel a certain sense of accountability to her and yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and, and as long as I'm not doing anything to break that, she doesn't like that I do videos all the time on Instagram and different things like that. But you know what? It's not up for her to understand it. And it doesn't do anything to hurt our our union as as a married couple and and who we are as a couple. So, if she doesn't like it or thinks they're dumb, that's okay. That's her opinion, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to stop because it's what I it's what I want to do.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's that's awesome. And going going back to this, you know. This track, this 24-hour track that he did. So, t- 24 hours of trekking, no sleep. It's just constant. Yep. I read an article about a guy uh, that went on a trip to Asia. And he spent a week in a temple. And it's it. your story reminded me of this guy, which is why I'm bringing it up. He went to this temple, and he went with these monks. And what they do as a community... For 10 hours a day. They go and they sit in this room. No one talks to each other. There's no technology. Nothing. They just go and they sit. And this journalist went out. And visited this you know. I'm not sure if it. I think it was like a temple. I don't want to say monastery. Because I think that would be wrong. I think it is a temple. And he went and sat in that communal hall. And meditated with them for a week. And they didn't tell him anything. They they didn't give him any instructions. He just turned up and. He went and sat in there and, you know, all they said to him is, no technology and when we're sat there, you're sat there. When we leave, you leave and and you go to bed, that's it. You literally wake up, you meditate and then you, you know, finish and go back to bed. And he said, he, it's literally nothing but your own thoughts. And for the first day, first two days, he was like, what is this? Like... This makes no sense. It was all very negative. And he actually, over the next couple of days, like, resolved a lot of his childhood issues. He evaluated his own life and all these different things. So it sounds like you experienced something similar to that on your track.
1: I did. Um, you know, I, I. it all started with this book called Unbreakable, which was written by a Navy SEAL by the name of Tom, uh, Tom Shea. And... Tom, the book is written as letters to his kids just in case he didn't make it back from the war. Wow. And um, he talks about all these different life lessons that he would want to instill in them, you know, and want them to know if he wasn't around. And he talked about this, the 24-hour challenge and how you, you know, anybody can go out and walk for 24 hours. They just don't do it because there's there. They, they tell themselves all of these reasons why it's stupid, why it's bad, why you shouldn't do it. Why it's, and there's all these, there's, there's all these things that come around to it as to why you shouldn't do it. And, and then people, even if they go do it, they never fall through because at some point you're like, this is just dumb. Why am I walking for 24 hours or hiking for 24 hours? And he said, but the, the realizations that you have with yourself and with your inner dialogue of what you tell yourself is amazing. And I, I just thought, man, this sounded really cool. And so I signed up for it. So he, he leads people on this now and he's actually out there with you and, and he leads people on these 24-hour, what he calls the 24-hour unbreakable challenge. And so I signed up for it. Wow. And everyone thought I was an idiot. Everyone was like, you know, and even my best friend who I love dearly didn't believe I'd finish, didn't believe I'd even go. Um, Cause there, I mean, and again, I had quit different things in my life or said I was going to do certain things and I never followed through. Yeah. Uh, and my wife thought it was ridiculous. Um, and you know, I just had all of these people being like, you know, this just sounds like the dumbest thing that you could ever do in your entire life. And so I started training for it, just going out and just walking. And, you know, he kind of gives you a little bit of a training protocol for it, but it's, it's not really physical. It's more mental than it is anything else. And so I went and started out and everything seemed easy. There was about 11, 12 of us. We were hiking through the mountains in South Carolina here in the U S and, um, and, but I'm telling you after about 12 hours and and 16 hours, when it's two o'clock in
0: the morning and your feet hurt and it's kind of cold, and you know,
1: you've been walking for 16 straight hours and all you want to do is go to bed. Your mind starts telling you the most horrible things about yourself you could ever imagine. And I remember just like audibly being able to hear my, my brain and myself telling me you're a loser. You're never going to make it. You might as well just quit. Why are you doing this? This is, this is stupid. You're, you don't have what it takes. Remember when you quit this? Remember at this time when you were this horrible person and you did this to this person? Remember, remember these times that you treated this young lady like you know not very well, and in just any negative thing that I had done in my life was just punching me in the face. Try in in I was just beating myself up. You're you know
0: throwing out anything to distract yourself. Yeah, and and you just you just. You just
1: battle all of this negative self-thought. And I remember the, the sun coming up in the morning and, and starting to come over the trees and, and seeing that glimpse of light at like six o'clock in the morning and my feet hurting, my back hurting, not wanting to walk, continue walking. And in that moment, my life changed and i realized that i have a lot more in me to give than what i've ever given myself credit for and that i don't have to quit i don't have to quit i'm i'm a lot stronger and i am nothing of who i was in the past yeah and it was it was crazy man it it and i tell people you you hear about things and people say oh this changed my life this changed, this literally
0: Changed my life. Literally, like, it pointed your mindset towards something completely different because you now got such a belief in yourself through overcoming all this, like, dialogue in your head and sort of going on this journey over 24 hours that you've come out the other side and just thought, like, actually, like, I've got another go at this thing and, you know this time I'm pointing at like a north star or just anything with such a different attitude yeah
1: and, and and you know and it's funny because people still know me now and and it's only been 12 months you know and and I love telling the story because I relive it every time yeah. you know and there are people there are people who will question me about different things like I you know I signed up for I decided, okay, that was awesome. What else can I do? What else can I do to just absolutely challenge myself to the, to the brink of, of what I can do? And I was like, you know what? I hate running. I hate to run. I hate every aspect of running. Now I work out, I'm into fitness. That's, that's what my degree was in, in college was in exercise science. And so, um, I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do an ultra marathon. So anything over, <laughs> you know, 26 miles. So I, you know, I signed up for a 50k, uh, 50 kilometer race, which is in four weeks from this weekend. And people are like, John, you you've never ran a race. You've never even ran a 5k, and you you think you can do a 50k? Like you're not gonna make it. Why wouldn't you sign up for like? A half marathon or start out with a 5K trail race instead of a 50K trail race. Why didn't you do this? And literally my conversation with those people, as harsh as it sounds, is shut up. I don't care what you think I should do. If you think that I'm biting off more than I can chew, I don't I don't care what you think. You'll find it I out. I signed up for this. This is what I'm doing. You can either support me and be positive about it or you can not talk to me about it. It's your
0: choice. Yeah. Totally agree. And it all stemmed from 24 hours, man.
1: And, and you know, there's the leadership stuff that I try to do now. I write a lot of leadership articles. I do some speaking on the side. I'm, a, I'm actually trying to do a lot more of that. And my whole leadership mentality comes from a just being the catalyst of belief in other people's lives and, and really, really putting your heart and truly caring for those that you lead. And, you know, I used to have people... Make up fake email addresses and write on articles, just these horrible negative things that would just crush me. you know about you've never even managed people. How do you know about leadership? Well I'll, and now it's like I don't I don't care. everybody's a leader. Leader isn't a title, it's it's influence from one person to another. That's all it is. And you don't have to have managed people to know how to be a good leader. You have to know how to be able to positively impact the people around you to make the most positive choices that they can. That's what true leadership is. And so, you know, I've had people, well, why would we have you come and speak? You've never been a leader. And I just, I just tune that stuff out, man. And so now I've done different speaking events and different things and was just asked to do another one to come in and and talk to a group about leadership and, and learning how to lead from the heart and... Um, I, I just really took a stance in my life that I believe that I can accomplish great things in my life because, um, I, am I'm, I'm not going to let other people dictate who I am or what I am anymore.
0: Yeah. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about leadership because I think this is important. Um, I think you're going to have some really interesting points of view. Um, so I, I see a li- leadership sometimes. Sometimes it's like being a parent. Sometimes it's like being a teacher. Uh, Sometimes it's like being a coach. Um, Sometimes it's being a mentor. Um, Other times it's really just being a friend and putting your arm around someone. So first I'd say would you agree with that and I'd say to sort of which degree would you expect a leader to embody these values? Is it all at once or is it like, you know, is there not one particularly le- leadership style and there's many that work or, you know, what's your view on all that? So I believe it is
1: all those things, but I also believe it's so much more. Um, I believe, I believe all of those things require all of those all of those titles require great leadership and i believe sometimes we forget what in my opinion true leadership is which is just building a relationship with another person to be the most positive influence you can be in their life and i would say you those are some of the easiest places to display relational heartfelt leadership because they're they're positions of particularly great influence over someone else's life where a lot of times the relationship is already built um when you're a parent you already have that built-in relationship with your kids yeah now we forget we, we forget a lot about how our kids are small people they're not children we're not raising children we're raising adults our kids will one day be an adult and it's our job to make them the best adults they can not the best kids that they can be and learning how to give them choice and learning how to give them the ability to think for themselves and not be a dictatorship necessarily all the time is is something that that's a whole nother topic we could probably talk about with parenting (laughs) But it, but it trans, it translates over to so many other things. But I think I, I think about leadership in this way too, Daniel. You go down to the corner market, and you're going down to buy your milk and your groceries. Yeah. And you have a teller who's checking you out, and a cashier who's who's taking your money as you're buying your groceries. Yeah you have an opportunity in that moment to to be a leader to that person by by taking the time to actually see that person and respond to that person and be as positive of an impact as you can be in that interaction to that person and i think we miss those opportunities every single day because we're way too consumed with ourselves. So I I think leadership is all of those things, but I think it also encompasses how we interact with people on a day-to-day basis
0: who we might not have the greatest relationship with or no relationship with whatsoever. It's like being mindful of your interaction with people. and 100%.
1: Because you never know, Daniel, how your small interaction with them and that and that positive influence that you could have in that small moment
0: could drastically change the direct the trajectory of the rest of their day. It's so interesting you say that because <laughs> I actually <laughs> I actually really love that you said that because I I feel the same about um, I often message people online on Twitter or Instagram like I often uh, message them and say. You know keep doing what you're doing because you don't know who you're helping just because people aren't liking like your posts or whatever or just because people aren't talking about it doesn't mean that someone's not looking at it and you know not going home that night and thinking about how like rubbish their life is or you know or giving them a different perspective like for me like you know the bi- one of the biggest realisations I had in my life was understanding that I wasn't alone. And I think like I think what you said is just so important because when you have those meaningful interactions, you know, it's quite like actually how we met, you know, when you have those meaningful interactions, like good stuff happens from it. Yep. Well and you know, it
1: sounds it sounds crazy, and, and a lot of people think that I'm nuts for it, and that's fine. Um, you know, and, and obviously, in today's society, we walk on eggshells around people. We don't want to be too positive and un- overly friendly with people, and especially if it's someone of the opposite sex, and we don't want to be too negative or judgmental or. Constru- having even constructive criticism because I do believe there's a place for criticism. Yeah. Um but it it's you know a lot of times people don't care about what you know until they know how much you care. And so constructive criticism has to come from a place of love and and truly caring for the person. But you know, when I see someone and I don't care ethnicity, I don't care sexual orientation, I don't care what it is. If I see them and I think that there's something about them that stands out, or or their smile, just when they smile, they they lit up the room. I will I will go out of my way to say something to that person. Yeah. About man, you're like, ma'am, your hair looks so nice today. Or wow, I really like, and it's and and here's the thing, it's not superficial.
0: It's authentic. You you mean it. it.
1: Right. Because you can't fake sincerity. Yeah. Sincerity, the true sincerity is felt from one person's heart to another. You can't fake it.
0: It's like when people say you feel a smile, you feel someone's smile.
1: Yes, it's not faked. And so I go out of my way when I see little things about somebody or like, you know, I, I try to, I try to tell them, hey, like, And it's not just about looks or whatever, but even if some, the way I see somebody interacting with somebody else or just whatever it is, I try to take those moments because you never know how that little moment uh, or interaction could, could, you know, you and I talked about like mental health and, you know, you and I both feel very strongly about mental health and I'm a part of this nonprofit for, uh, called depression to extinction that, that sponsors me as a runner, which is the most
0: ridiculous thing ever, because I'm sure there's better people out there who have actually (laughs) ran before to sponsor. So let's talk about that then. Yeah, so, but, you know, I believe we could
1: help people fight and realize kind of like, to your point, that they're not alone. If we actually took a moment to get out of our own little boxes and get out of our own little bubbles – and really truly started having meaningful interactions
0: again even with people that we don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You just you just don't know like you know it's like that butterfly effect thing. People it's always been like in like you know there's always been films about it or whatever and it's always been a negative thing but it works exactly the opposite way like like someone someone I really look up to um who's like big on, like, Instagram and uh, Twitter called Gary V, like... Oh, I love Gary Vaynerchuk. Really? You're a fan as oh, well? Oh, yeah, huge fan. <laughs> yeah. You're going to love this. He he, literally, he talks about karma being practical, and, like, I, I, I just believe in it because it's so true. Like, you just don't know, you know, you hold a door open for someone and you look at them in the eyes and you smile at them. They feel good and they do the same for the next person and it just passes on. But, like, maybe it doesn't, but at least you've done your bit to, like, get the ball rolling. And, like, it's like, you know, it's like, it's the same with mental health. Like, you can wait for legislation to be passed. You can wait for, like, some, like, big celebrity to start talking about it. Or you can just have the conversation yourself, like, you know with your group of friends, your community, like, I just think there's, you know, it doesn't always, you don't always have to wait, you can take control.
1: 100%, and, you know, I love Gary V. talks a lot about, make positivity louder, which, I'm not going to throw Gary V. under the bus, but I've been saying that, and hashtagging that for a long time. <laughs> just, just saying it, not saying he took it from me, but, but, you know one of the things that I look at and i've I've talked to a buddy of mine a lot about it. I would love to start you know almost like a non profit called make positivity louder and yeah sell sell t shirts and different things to help build playgrounds in you know impoverished communities and and help do outreach to you know help promote positivity because it's it's so easy to be negative but you know what it's so easy to be positive too and i truly believe negativity and positivity are all it's all compounding interest right it's Mm -hmm. just like money you put a dollar in the bank and after a year you've got a dollar and 10 cents or you know i'm not
0: i'm you know i'm not in the uk so i don't know how that equates to pounds (laughs) but you know like there's that you
1: put money in the bank and it grows interest well guess what negativity has compounding interest. Yeah. So does positivity though, and we don't build on the compounding in- interest of positivity way enough and it, and if we did, man, we we we'd open our eyes to this world of people who have hearts and and look, I am not a touchy-feely I am a sensitive person, but I, I, am a, I am a man's man. I believe in masculinity. I believe in true manhood. Yeah. But that, but true manhood also means looking after and protecting and caring for those around you. Yeah. Anyone who's around you, not just who you select them to be. And I just think if we opened our eyes a little bit and, and really started building this this compounding interest on positivity and. Having positive thoughts, learning how to speak positively about ourselves, learning how to help be the the, the catalyst of self belief in other people 's lives and this positivity in other people 's lives it 's going to build on itself, and our world would be a much better place if we truly opened our eyes to see that there are all these people around us with these dreams and hopes and and ideas and all of these different things that could make our world incredible, but we just have a we have a knack to just just tear people down and and so all of these all of these things that these people have inside of them they never come out this greatness never comes out because they've been tore down by people not taking the time to to just to be that positive influence in their life man yeah. I mean, it just if you can't tell it, it
0: just—I'm very passionate about that. No, no, it—it's—it's. Um, <laughs> I've been sat there for most of uh, most of what you were just saying, just with a smile on my face because it's just—it's amazing to hear and and like I say earlier, you can't fake sincerity, like um, positivity when you got it, it just oozes out of you. I think the the question that I've got and it's burning a hole in my face. I want to ask it that much. Like like that positivity, like say say you're someone listening now, say you're someone listening and you're like, I know I'm not in that place. What can I do to get there? Where do I start? Like what what do I need to audit or evaluate to get going? Like I wanna make a change. Now's the time. I'm listening to this podcast. What what should I do? You know,
1: I, I, think, I think there are things that everybody can do, but it's always going to be a little bit different for everybody because it, it a lot of it depends on where that negativity and where that lack of positivity stems from. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, but one of the things that I think is is highly important that not enough people do is, is really self-auditing and really taking a moment to sit down and really really audit who they are audit the people who are in their lives.
0: Yeah. Audit the people that they're allowing to speak into their lives.
1: And I think it really comes down to just, and it's going to sound really simple, but I think it it comes down to making a choice in a moment. We, I, you know, I I look at a, a lot of things and equate a lot of things to the fitness industry because I lived in it. And then now being in, you know, being in, in sales and, doing different things we always look at the big picture we look at the end picture right yeah and even somebody in this situation might say well i want to be a positive person how do i become this uber positive person guess what nobody is uber positive yeah It, it it i still have negative thoughts i still get angry i still get upset i still think poorly about some things but the overall choices that i make in my life now, today, are to see things from from a positive and to speak positively and to speak positively to other people. So I've learned how to make choices in the moment. Yeah. And I think when you really take the time to just decide, okay, you know what? In this moment right now, where I am, I'm going to choose to say something positive. I love that and you have to be- you have to mean it you have
0: to believe it because you're never going to affect change in your life if you don't believe it it's so interesting you say that like when i'm talking to people sometimes it's like um i i'm listening to them talking and like i'm like it's like i'm playing uh, baseball and someone's just you know thrown a pitch and like it's like I hit pause before the ball is like near my reach where I can swing for it. And it's like I can, it's like before I was on autopilot and I was just swinging and it was going anywhere and I was just reacting. Whereas now, like when, you know, it's like it hits pause and I get to choose what happens and what the outcome is. And I think that that's exactly what you were saying. And it's just, it's just remarkable how you can have it and I can have it and we've got two very different perspectives but they're actually the same thing
1: (laughs) yeah well and you know and and it can be it can be as simple Daniel as you look in your refrigerator
0: Yeah. and you think I have absolutely nothing to eat there's nothing
1: I have absolutely nothing to eat I don't know what I'm going to do for dinner tonight this is horrible I can't believe that I don't have anything for dinner yeah. Or you can look in your fridge and it's going to sound stupid or you can say, man, you know what? I might not have anything that I want to eat right in this moment, but look at all this food that I have that maybe someone else doesn't.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's just a choice. It's just a choice to be positive or even saying something positive about yourself. You, you know what? I, I'm, I'm a bald headed man. I don't have hair. Yeah. But You know what? I think I look great bald. Yeah. And I'll say that to myself. I'll look in the mirror sometimes and I'll be like, man, I wish I had hair. Or, man, I wish <laughs> my head wasn't the size of a watermelon. Yeah. And then I'll seriously say to myself, but you know what? You look pretty good bald. You look good bald. Yeah. you got to get head for it. And it's just that choice to, you know, to – and like I said, it's compounding interest, right? You start – you start making little choices to be positive about different things that you might have been negative about, and eventually that positivity is going to grow. Yeah, but you have to you have to initially invest in it.
0: Yeah, you have to make um, that decision to that you want a change to happen, or you have to yeah. you know you have to consciously make that first positive like choice to yourself. Yeah, totally agree, and yeah. I just think. It's so interesting because I've always been the type of, most of my life, the type of person that has, like, complained, like, dwelled on things and had excuses. And when I really started becoming comfortable in my own skin, that felt like the first step. Like, I started going to, like, the cinema on my own, like, taking myself out to dinner and, like, not caring that I was on my own. I just really started enjoying my own company. Um, And then after that, it was just... Yeah, it was just understanding the bigger picture that actually... Like, now, I think about my life in decades. Like, I just think about it on such a big scale that it doesn't actually matter what happens today. It's such a... It's, like, so insignificant what happens in a day that almost, you know, say if something bad were to happen to me, I would just feel as though it was so insignificant because I just understand on the grand scale, like, I've good, just got so much to look forward to and so much to be grateful for. Yeah,
1: well, and, you know, Daniel, you know, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Christian, I, I believe in God, I, I, that's, you know, yeah. that's where my spirituality comes from, and I know that not everybody believes this way. And I know that that's, I, I know that's not everybody's belief, but I find it hard to believe that anybody who's been born on this planet thinks that they were born to be nothing.
0: Yeah. I find it hard to believe that anybody, and I know that sometimes we can feel that
1: way. And I know that sometimes that that can, that can just be the way that it seems like things have played out in our life. But, you know, if somebody was listening to this right now, you know, I don't think anybody's ever sat there and just said, you know what? I was made, I was made for nothing. I just can't, I just can't wrap my head around that. And so, you know, I truly believe the start of positivity too comes from learning how to really be okay with yourself and really learning how to have that self love and realizing that, you know, I don't think anybody said, well, I just want to be the most average person ever Yeah. or below average person ever.
0: I just want to, you know, Daniel. I want to live my life just being below average. Yeah. Cause we're not born with that. We're born we're not. with that.
1: That's a learned, that is a learned mentality. That is a learned behavior. And I think when you can just realize that the choice, the, 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 having that thought in your head is your choice. And that when you can realize, look, I don't know what I was made for or what I was put on this earth for, but I know it wasn't to be below average and I know that I was made for something. There's hope in that. And I believe that that hope can build and there's, there's positivity in that. And, um, you know, just learning how to choose love and positivity over fear in our lives, man is, is to me is just drastically important in, in really helping people have a, have a more brighter outlook in, you know, in their life.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man, that was—I'm like, getting fired up about this. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> well, I, 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 get, I it's something, man. I, you know, I'm really passionate about because I've—I've I've lived in those times of just thinking that I wasn't made for anything. And, yeah. Where you felt you know, purposeless. Years, yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm 35 now, and I and I laugh. I'm like, man, I'm 35.
1: I'm so old, but I'm 35. I got a long. Long life ahead of me God willing yeah. to make the most out of what I was put here on this
0: earth for yeah like you've got thirty five years like another lifetime and then you are seventy like yeah <laughs> you know that's not even the average age yet like no it, and I still plan on I still plan on kicking pretty hard at seventy <laughs> like rocking your fifty k runs at seventy you can you do it believe it Nah, it's it's awesome and I just you know I'm actually, I'm actually really interested I know this is like a little bit of a segue but like I believe that like when you're in a certain place you um, I don't know what it is you either attract or you meet the people that are right for you at that time and I'm just I'm interested in how you met your wife <laughs> um Uh, you know it's a it's a really cool story actually so yeah
1: i graduated from ball state university in indiana and graduated and decided i was just going to move to los angeles
0: okay so i actually skipped my best friend's wedding and we didn't we didn't talk for a while Uh, but now we're, we're best friends live in
1: the same town. Our families are best friends. Our kids are growing up together, but I skipped his wedding and moved to Los Angeles. And here I have this exercise science degree, all these things. And again, if you remember, I said there was no accountability. There was no sense of direction in my life. And I just thought, well, I'll move to LA, be a personal trainer to the star, you know, like I'll find somebody famous, be their trainer. Well, I ended up just getting a job at a Hollister which is like, you know, a part of um, Abercrombie & Fitch. Uh. And so I'm working out as a manager at a clothing store. And I was in charge of hiring and training and doing the schedule. And this girl who was in nursing school uh, was looking for a part-time job and came in and interviewed. And uh and I met her, and I thought, wow, this this girl – One is of legal age for me to actually hit on and try to date, which is (laughs) any of the other kids who worked in the store. And she had a really cool name. Her name was Daring, Uh, like I'm daring you to do something. Wow. And and I just thought she was really cute and good looking. And so I told all the other guys in the store, I said, look, hands off, this one's mine. And (laughs) she uh, she had a boyfriend at the time that she had been with for about two years and but i i was very infatuated with her and um so i i scheduled her anytime i worked she worked anytime i opened <laughs> she opened and every time her boyfriend would come into the store he would probably find me standing in the same room with her talking to her and i would always tell her like look you know you don't want to be with that joker you know you want, you know you love me and uh eventually they broke up and we started dating and about a year and a half later we were married and we've been married um almost 9 years now and have a 6-year-old little girl and a 3-year-old little girl and uh she wow. is uh she is absolutely an incredible woman.
0: Wow. Cuz like I, I I just I couldn't ignore I couldn't ignore your wife because of what you said earlier, you know, that she's she feels like a big influence on your life and it was just there in my head I had to bring it up. So, you know, is she is she like you, where she's like you know she's got this positive outlook, does she see you know the things that you experienced on that twenty four hour you know hike? were you able to go back and talk to her about that, and did she like see where you were coming from or you know had empathy for you you know what's that like
1: yeah you know she <laughs> it's funny my my wife is uh is
0: very very practical. Yeah. Um, she is very structured and
1: she's a typical firstborn personality. And where I am very fly by the seat of my pants, very, you know, I would probably say that I'm more of
0: the emotional woman in our relationship. <laughs> um, you are the one with the feelings. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I wear my feelings on, on my sleeves and,
1: and I'm not afraid of that. Like I've learned how to control them a lot more, but I, that's just who I am. Like I, I live with my heart. Um,
0: I think and, it's a strength.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, my wife. Um, but my wife is also a very spiritually grounded person. Uh, my wife is someone who is very positive and and is, you know, uh, really someone who who is always the first one to be there for someone when when they need them. Um, you know, is is always very very supportive of me. I mean, she thinks it's crazy. She would never go out and do a 24 hour challenge. Um, and she might tell me, you know, babe, I just, I just want you to be careful. I just worry about you out there.
0: Yeah. But she
1: is also the one to encourage me and tell me, Hey honey, you know, it's 4:15 in the morning. You know, you said you were going to get up and train, get your
0: butt out of bed, turn your alarm off, start, stop waking me up and get your butt out and train. That's amazing. So, while she can have different views from you or, you know, she, she is positive, but might not necessarily understand why you're doing something. She'll still support you. And I think that's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool that we,
1: we really are two different people, but it's, it's also fun. My, my wife is, um, is really doing a lot of work, um, in, uh, with a nonprofit organization called a 21, which is, uh, it's uh, the abolitionist of the twenty first century, which is uh, a group that is doing everything they can to help stop human trafficking.
0: Oh wow! And,
1: yeah, and my wife just out of nowhere says, just came to me about a year ago and was like, "I feel really strongly that I need to be doing something because in Knoxville, it's it's actually a big thing. It's a because of how our interstates and everything kind of come together." it's uh it's a very high human trafficking sex trafficking area, and um, she just yeah, and she just said she felt very strongly about wanting to start helping bring awareness and education um to our community and to our area and getting more involved and um so you know obviously, I was like, babe, sure, I'll support you and do it and and now she's doing all these things, helping you know bring some awareness to our community partnering with these different organizations for different walks. And, um, and it's really cool to see her stepping out where, you know, three or four years ago, I'm not sure how comfortable she would have been. So, you know, I don't necessarily know if I I feel positivity is infectious and, and it, and it kind of sticks to you and and grows on you kind of like a, like a, like a a positive rash. (laughs) Yeah. I would, I would love to think that my ability to really start stepping out of my comfort zone and to really start going for what I believe I was called to do and, and who I was called to be in this world has, has helped encourage her um, be able to really hear and, and see the areas of her life that she's wanting to make a bigger impact in and having the courage to step out and do that.
0: It's amazing. Like I, th- I, th- I'm pretty sure uh, Tony Robbins has actually done some work as well. Um, I don't know if you know Tony Robbins. Uh, I do. Yeah. Well, not personally, but I, I listen. I listen to it. Yeah. Um, he's he's done some work with um, with traff like human trafficking as well. So I know it's a big deal, and yeah, that's that's amazing. I think. I think it really shows um, a lot about a person and what sort of place they're in in their head and um, where they are spiritually when they feel as though they can give back to something towards a community or towards a project. Um, Yeah, I think it really speaks volumes and I think it speaks a lot about you and your wife. I think it's amazing. I appreciate that. No, it's all right. And so what's it like being a father so you've got the you know you've got the leadership aspect is do you find it hard to separate that uh that work side of you this this side that um got a lot of aspiration um got a professional head you know you've got your coaching and your consultancy you've been a bodybuilder in the past so you've got a certain mentality there towards you know competition and uh, being the best at things, you know, how does that affect your uh, relationship with your children and their upbringing?
1: That's yeah, well, wow. That's a good question. Um, it's it's very interesting. I would say um, when my oldest daughter was born, my understanding of what it truly meant to be a parent was very different than what it is now. Um, I am a very Overly competitive person um, <laughs> I think it's part of what drives me and I, and I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but I think it has to be channeled properly yeah. Um, yeah but you know i I look at my daughters and I look at their life and I want them to have a better life than what I had growing up and 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 I say that in in the full knowledge of what I went through growing up and the challenges that I had are, were definitely not, you know, any better or any worse than anybody else's. Yeah. And they, and they, they taught me a lot about who I am today. And, and, um, but I want to be able to, to provide and do different things for my daughters. But before, before, gosh, probably not even too long ago, my, my mentality on parenthood was more dictatorship. And it was from this, it was fear-based parenting, really wanting to overly protect them from making the wrong choice. Right. And my wife and I started doing this parenting study and read this different, this book and it really opened my eyes to the fact that I'm, uh, like I said earlier, I'm I'm not raising kids, I'm raising adults. I'm, I'm trying to teach these my daughters how to become the best adults and the best um, parts of of this society that they can be. And in order to do that, I have you know, I have to allow my daughters to have some control over decisions that they make in their life. And that doesn't mean that there aren't consequences to the decisions that they make, but helping them learn and truly understand that one day it's going to be up to them to make the choices to either positively or negatively affect their life. And and it's my role to help prepare them for that, to hopefully make the best choices that they can. And so it's really changed how it's really changed how i um how i parent them and how i look at competition where before i wanted them to do the best and be the best where now i want
0: them to make the choices that direct their life the best interesting it it feels um, like that's a subtle sh- uh shift but like it's it's like when you're on a boat and like you change the trajectory a little bit and at first it doesn't feel like you're going anywhere different but like you know like an hour down the line you're on a completely different course and it feels like that like subtle shift in your parenting style will have like hopefully positive like ramifications like as time goes on Yeah well
1: and you know I'm I'm actually I'm um, I'm working on an article right now leadership article um the the title of it's still a working title but i think it's going to be titled the words of leaders yeah and i truly believe you know just like i was saying our you know our ability to have this positive impact in people's lives you know we have the power of life or death in the tongue and what we say to people and what we speak to people can either speak life into people or and positivity or death and negativity and You know, I was I was thinking about that one day because I was having a conversation with my oldest daughter and she wanted to go outside and roller skate. Yeah. And I didn't want her to at the moment because I was doing different things for work. We were getting ready to go out um, and leave. And so there was different things going on. But the way that I communicated that to her was no, sweetheart, you can't roller skate. You can't roller skate. You don't know how to roller skate. Don't go out there and try to work on – you can't. You can't roller skate right now. You can't do it. And when I sit down and really think of the verbiage that I use in that moment, and it really hit me after I had that conversation with her. My daughter, if she works hard enough and sacrifices enough for what
0: she wants most, can do anything. Yeah. And – i
1: sh- I don't want to be the person that ever makes her remotely have any doubt in what she can or cannot do at that moment in time. it was my preference that she did not go roller skate, but I didn't communicate it to her that way. I communicated it to her that she can't do it
0: yeah not, it's not within her I gift would to do it not
1: to do it right and it's it's just the difference in language and so you know so I really started thinking about. How do I communicate to my daughter? And should I, instead of saying, you can't do something, saying, honey, I would prefer you not to because of X, Y, Z, because it's my preference, not hers. It's not, it has nothing to do with her ability. It's in that moment, my preference of what I would, I would actually prefer her to do. And so little things like that, man, have, have really drastically changed in how, how I want to to speak life and 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 speak to my kids, um, to be as as positive as I can in in who they are, and and I don't want to raise entitled children. I think we have an entitlement issue and in, and in, in challenge in this country. I I tell my daughter, she wants to be a vet,
0: police officer, pr- singer, doctor, all of. them. <laughs> And I tell her, honey, you can do anything you want to do. You can be anything you want to be. But you're going to have to
1: work really, really hard. And there are probably going to be some things in your life that you're going to have to give up if you want to do all of those things.
0: It's like the reality check of it. Like, you know, you you can have those things and you can work for them. Like, it's about, like, gauging and, like, they can start to appreciate and learn at a young age, like... Do I, do I want to work for those things? Because then that gives you an idea of, like, what you actually enjoy doing and what you, like, don't enjoy right. doing. Like, I would never be a doctor, for example, because I don't enjoy the mathematics that goes into, like, calculating a dosage or, like, you know, stuff like that, for example. Yeah. But I love helping people and that's why, like, I'm training to be, like, a therapist, you know? <laughs> like, it's... It's interesting what you're saying.
1: Yeah, I, I just... We carry so much power into how we communicate with people and I think a lot of times we just use it to... to the best of what benefits us versus what benefits others.
0: Yes. Yeah. Um. <laughs> this is interesting. <laughs> uh Okay. So, going back to mental health for a minute, because we we've kind of talked about this a little bit, and I know you you know you've got your own background in mental health, um, particularly with your mum. you know, what would you say? I mean, from what I'm hearing from what you said, it was almost like um, you were putting the role of a carer at an early age. It felt like. And what would you say it's like um, like for the person who's the carer looking after someone that has got um, a mental health issue or is struggling with something? And what advice would you have to someone that is currently in that role and they're suffering and they don't know what to do, they feel like they're a little bit lost? What would you say?
1: You know, it was, it was crazy, you know, and... You know, seventh and eighth grade, having to have a job so we could help pay the electric bill and buy groceries, and you know we were we were so poor living in Indiana, and it's pretty clo- cold climate in the winter. You know, we would in the mornings to get ready for school because we couldn't really afford to heat our house. We lived in a pretty old house. Um, we would turn on the oven and open the oven door and stand around the oven to heat ourselves in the mornings. Wow. And, you know, my mom would be laying in bed. We would go to parent-teacher things by ourselves. We would, you know, we were getting child support from my dad, and that's pretty much what we were living on as a family of three outside of what my sister and I were doing. And, um, you know, at the time, Daniel, I, I don't think I really knew what I was going through. Yeah. At the time, I didn't. I knew something wasn't right, but I didn't know what was normal and what wasn't.
0: Because for me, that was just the normal that I was living in. That was my normal. That was your environment. You were conditioned to. Yeah, that was
1: my reality. Yeah. Um. And. And I remember wanting to wanting to talk to people about it, but not feeling comfortable talking to my dad about it. My dad didn't know a lot about that. My, you know. Not feeling, like I, I didn't have a lot of these different relationships, and just kind of felt embarrassed. Yeah. Um, and again, it was just that fear of other people's perception, right? And, um, you know, it, but I also knew that if we wanted ramen for dinner that night, that I was going to have to go help, and I was going to have to make it. I was going to have to help buy it. You know, if, if I wanted to be able to cook it some of our money went towards paying the electric bill. Yeah. Um, and, um, it was hard. Uh, I, I look back on it now and I, I think there's a lot of those things that, you know, I, I didn't think were, you know, I was used to say my past didn't affect me, but I think that it did. Um, I just didn't verbalize it or really allow myself to, to see it. Yeah. Um, But I would say, you know, for for someone who's potentially going through that and and in that, just a realization that you're not alone and that you don't have to be alone, that it's okay to – I thought it wasn't okay to be upset about it. I thought I couldn't be upset about it because I didn't want to upset my mom more. That my feelings with how her emotional instability was affecting me weren't valid because i couldn't i i I didn't want to do anything to make it worse yeah and I, i i think you really just have to realize that your feelings in that situation they are valid and that it's okay and that it is okay to talk to people about it it doesn't necessarily mean that things will fix it but your ability to communicate about it and to be open about it and to verbalize it and is is really huge is really huge. You know, I, I, I do it now when I have negative thoughts now and it's, it's my own thing. I, I don't know if other people do it or not. Yeah. Even when I'm out running now and I, you know, and I'm wanting to quit or give up and I have this, these these negative thoughts in my head or these things that are telling me all these different things in my head, I will literally say them out loud and then listen to what I'm saying. As I'm speaking these negative thoughts in my head, I will speak them out loud and that way, you can hear how stupid they are.
0: That's that's really interesting. I do the same. I write them down. I journal them down.
1: Yeah, and when you look at them, you're like, I can't believe that I would say this about myself. And I, I think, I think even in those situations where you feel like you're alone and you feel like, you know, when you're when you're trying to help somebody in that situation, your your negative thoughts are going to keep you from wanting to be real about the situation. Yeah, and I think. I think if you can really speak those out and hear them, and and really and really verbalize them, um, it, it really is a, a a great healing tool.
0: I remember the first time that I spoke about like the way I was feeling, like honestly, um, and like genuinely, because I used to speak about how I would feel, but it'd be like tongue and cheek, or it would be like. Half of what I actually wanted to say, or and I remember the first time I actually spoke about the way I felt about something, and it was like a weight off of my shoulders. It, like you say, it didn't fix it or took it away. It just made it more bearable, and like actually saying it out loud, like made me comprehend it.
1: Yeah. Well, and and you know what's awesome? So I mentioned I'm a part of this this nonprofit organization called depression to extinction. And, um, you know, they, they saw some of the positive things that I was doing online and, uh, and they were like, look, we don't know what you're doing, but we want you to be a part of it with us. And what I love about them is, is it's a practicality towards their, their mission of, bringing depression to extinction and and they do what they call check-ins and when you do a check-in you can go to their website which is depression the number two and then extinction.org and you can do a check-in and you have to rate yourself um and you rate your emotions on a scale of one to ten okay and you go through anger right in this moment one one to ten What's your what's your rate? Fear, worry, pain, joy, passion, love, gratitude, shame, guilt. And then it gives you an opportunity to is there anything else you like to share? And then at the end of it, once you share, um and and we do like they have live ability to do live check ins now where you, you can actually call somebody and do a, a live check in who will ask you, anger, where are you at right now? Worry, where are you at? Joy. They also ask for an affirmation statement. Something like, I will, I can, I am, and then you fill in the blank. And then that person on the phone, or when you do it online, you will actually get an email from a live person who will then will then affirm that statement back to you.
0: That's amazing.
1: And it's really cool because I, I think the more that we can connect and the more that we can bring vocalization to the the challenges that we're facing in the moment, um, and, and the the, and, and really vocalize our, our challenges. We, 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 we realize one that there are other people that might feel the same way that we do or have been through similar things and we can connect in a real manner there. But then it also gives us that feeling, like you said, just that weight off of our shoulders that just for that brief moment, um, we feel a little bit more free. We actually do Depression to Extinction. They were just in Nashville. I think they're going to be doing another one. Uh, I don't know what city, but they, do, they will go to like a different city. They just did one in Boston and set up a table and we'll have a sign that said free listening.
0: And anybody really? who wants to sit down and talk about anything that they're struggling with, we'll sit there and listen to them. That is amazing it's, it's really cool the what they're trying to do and it's and it's really
1: all about just getting getting these things that are tied up in our head out in the open that's
0: that is amazing i I just sorry like I absolutely love that that is amazing because I just like trained to be a therapist like I'm about halfway at the moment and like it's one of the things that i've like it's sounds, like, really simple, but one of the things that I've learnt to, like, utilise more is, like, realising that I've got two ears and one mouth. Like, I used to talk 75% and listen 25 and, like, now it's flipped the other way around. Like, I go very quiet because I'm collecting, I'm understanding, like, I'm just using all these different skills that I think we've all got we just, we want our point of view to go across so strongly that we just, we don't even have empathy for the other person and I just, I absolutely love that, that they're setting up these, these stalls or stands or booths, whatever it is, and they're just literally saying to members of the public, like, we want to hear your problems, you know, we want you to come and talk to us.
1: Having, you know, I, I do this, this leadership article that I wrote and it's, it's actually a, um, I, it's what I base some of my talks off of. Um, it's called leadership soup right. and this soup is an acronym for, uh, sincerity, ownership, understanding, and purpose. So, and yeah. And understanding, when you look up understanding in the dictionary, one of its definitions is empathy. And when you look up in the, empathy in the dictionary, one of its definitions is understanding and so they're they're very interchangeable but i say the same thing we empathy and the ability to have empathy is one of the greatest character attributes we could have because to truly be able to understand where someone else is coming from why someone else thinks the way that they think why someone would make the choice that they would make based on different variables that they made the decision off of and truly being able to listen and understand and value that person's other ideology, no matter what it is, whether it's religion, whether it's business, whatever it is, that 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 person's opinions are valid because they came from somewhere. They might not directly align with what we believe, but that's who, that's what, makes them who they are and it's okay to not necessarily agree yeah but it's it makes you a whole lot stronger when you can be empathetic and it and it really helps you learn how to either help that person work alongside that person become closer to that person build a stronger relationship with that person and i think i think we miss we i I think empathy is a characteristic that that we we really are lacking on in this society
0: <laughs> man like like this isn't me trying to gas you up or anything but like you have no idea how uh how impressed i am and how happy that you've like brought like empathy up and like i just love everything that you just said like <laughs> I, I i think empathy it's <laughs> such an important uh characteristic like it's it's one of the like the The pillars of like communication with other humans, and like, I'm in I'm in love with empathy so much. I'm literally wearing a T-shirt with it on. Like, I'm actually I actually have an empathy T-shirt on, like right now. It's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, awesome. Sad. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) But but it's it's so true
1: though, man. And and I look at leadership. I think especially in leadership empathy is 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 it's just such a missing factor in healthy effective leadership. And in order to truly lead somebody, you have to know them. you have to know what what they're made of what what has helped form their opinions over the last 30 years that they've been alive. You have to know those things. And if you're not empathetic or willing to be empathetic, you will never know how to truly lead because leadership is not the same from one person to another. It is different from person to person. And if you don't take the time to get to know the people that you're leading, to build positive and meaningful relationships with the people that you lead, and and to have empathy with what makes them who they are, you yes. can never truly effectively have the positive influence on their life that you want to. And I, I just think we empathy is something that we just miss. And I think it's what makes us so
0: divided as a people. Yes. From from one race
1: to another, from one culture to another is a lack of
0: empathy. It's it's that understanding. Like you always see it in the film. It's like that film Avatar. Like you know, you got like you know the James Cameron film with the blue people. Like, you know, you got, like, the humans, and they're, like, attacking this, like, planet that they don't even understand. They haven't really learnt the people. And then it's only through the, like, you know, becoming, like, the actual, like, the... I think it's the Navi. Like, becoming one of them and living their life and understanding their culture, like, that... Like the main character actually understands what's going on and then he has empathy for them because he understands what it's like and then he rises up because he's like actually no now that I understand what the score is you're in the wrong I'm actually like gonna flip sides and I just think there's like so much to say for our interactions with each other if we truly just took like a minute to understand what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes and you know live their life like i i use i don't use empathy as much as i'd like because i don't think I, i can use it to its capacity yet but like i want to be able to one day but like i use it every day and i just it makes me so grateful because i can step into someone else's life and think like this is what's going on for them and I can make the conversation about them and just instead of waiting my turn to speak so I can say something that serves me like it it's, just feels better it's you
1: know the the challenge daniel that that what I see is that our lives have been so convoluted with stuff, and the the um the 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 focus on self is is higher than it's ever been before. We've we've put self on a pedestal over anyone else and it's and it starts with everything. I mean Burger King. You go to a Burger King, it's have it your way. We want everything our way. We want we want our technology and our faces we want everything quick, easy, and dirty. We don't want to have human interaction, which is why we have automatic, you know, ATM machines, you know, uh, why we now have the ability to go in, you know, I I rented a car yesterday here in Salt Lake City, uh, where I would travel to, and I did it in a kiosk. I didn't even talk to anybody, and we've got all of these things that we're setting up in our lives to remove human interaction, because all we care about is ourselves, and the world has continued to tell us over and over again through social media, through everything, that we are the most important thing there is. And while I do agree with we have to take care of ourselves, it is our responsibility to also take care of others around us. But we don't, every, we, we have allowed so many things to convolute our lives that we don't believe that we have time to, to take to understand someone else. And we don't have the time to deal with potentially the messy stuff that we might find if we do.
0: Yes. And I also think that there's also another like segment of people where they genuinely want to help. Um, they genuinely want to help. They see people. They've got such a big heart. They're natural-like empaths, and they feel other people's emotions and they wanna help but they can't because it's like it's like trying to pour water from an empty cup like you can't because you haven't fixed yourself or you haven't yep. dealt with your own stuff
1: Yeah yeah I mean and and it's it, it's just funny man we 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 miss we miss so many opportunities with because we just are so consumed with with ourselves and, and, and this, this chase that we believe is for wealth or fame or popularity or whatever it is. And it goes all the way back to, again, just finding our value from this, these statuses that other people have set that determine success or not. And, and whether or not our lives are worth anything and, and, you know, it, it just, drives down that sense of wanting to really get in the trenches with somebody else and do life with other people. And, and, you know, life has always been made to be relational. We were made to be relational and, uh, we're, we're we continue every day to move away from having to be in relationship with other people. And, 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 and I think that's, um, you know, I, I think that's how we get better we get better with yeah, it's dirty and it's messy and it's hard having tons of people in your life and people are going to disappoint you. And it's not always going to be pretty, but we're not on an Island. We, we, we have to do life with other people and, and, and the best way to do it is, is to get in the mud with them.
0: Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Uh, you just hit the nail on the head totally there. Yeah. I just think there's there's just so much to be said for that. And in in a society where we're like physically moving away from the interactions, like this is where I believe that the interactions that we have online become so important and like building communities like you know, like the community that you've got and, like, the community that I've got and, you know, you can, you can literally start from nothing. You can start from, like, you know, one person thinking that your stuff's great, like, and, you know, what you say or, you know, that one post that's made a, an impact on their life in some way, like, they they woke up that morning and smiled because they remembered what they'd read the night before and, like, I just think there's... Like, there was this thing going around at the moment... I literally did a podcast episode on it the other day... Because it was annoying me... Like, there was all these posts going around on Instagram... We need to start talking about mental health now... And I was like... You're already online... You're already in front of, like, an absolute... Like, an abundance of, like, audience... Like, you've never had before... If you put an article out in a newspaper... It wouldn't get half the coverage that you'd get on Instagram... Or Facebook or whatever... Like... There's no needing, like, we need to have a conversation now. Have the conversation. Go and reach out to people and talk to the people who want to talk about it.
1: But the, but in, in, and I 100% agree with you. But a lot of times my feeling is the people who put that stuff out there are hoping someone else has the conversation.
0: Yeah. They don't want to do the work.
1: They don't want to do the work because it's messy because they might have to get in the trenches. It might take time from other things that have been told are way more valuable. And, and I hate that because I, I agree, you know, I, you know, I, I don't put the positivity online because I, you know, and, and make different videos and do different things because I just have tons of time in my day to make an Instagram video. I do it because I'm hoping that somehow, some way, maybe somebody, Somebody has a better day because of it, and and we, you know, it sounds so cliche, but we
0: can't wait for other people to do what we could do right now. Yeah, that's you know? right. Like y- you, it's like that thing where you you step into the kitchen or like you, like I listened to a podcast by a guy called uh, Andy Frisella. I don't know if you've heard of him. Love Andy Frisella. Ah, uh, say, so, ah, uh, see, John, I. Kn- I've seen him
1: sp- yeah, I've seen him speak in person. Really? Yeah, man. He's a, He started a, uh, first form. He's he's incredible,
0: man. I I knew you were my guy. I knew it. <laughs> <laughs> see, uh, Andy was the very first podcast that I started listening to, and then from Andy, I started listening to Ed Milette. I've uh, I, I heard Ed Mylett speak in person too. I love him. Ah, uh, okay. I'm I'm double jealous now. <laughs> <laughs> so from from uh, from listening to Andy, he, he had Gary on, and that's how I got introduced to Gary. Now I've actually met Gary in person. I was really lucky, and I got to now meet I'm him. I'm jealous. Yeah. <laughs> ah, see, I was expecting you to go. No, nope, I've seen him speak <laughs> yeah
1: no, never, never mind I'd love to I'd love to though uh
0: he, he's incredible, like in person. it's exactly what you see and hear on his podcast and more like yeah, he's just he, he is himself and nothing else, <laughs> and like like it was really interesting. I, I've i changed a lot because of and listening to Andy and Gary. Like, the way they live their lives and the principles they live by, they've, like, heavily influenced me. And one of the very first things that, like, struck me was how Andy was talking about when he's in the bathroom and he'll see, like, paper towels all over the floor and even though they're not his paper towels or, you know, he's not put them there and other people have you know, not been bothered to put them in the bin. He'll take the time out of his day to go pick them up, put them in the bin. If there's water all around the sink, he'll go and clean that up as well. He'll just leave it in a better state than he found it. And I just think that is such a great thing to live by. And I think that's what you were like getting at as well. And I just, yeah, I I just think you, what, if you're already there, why not make it a better place than when you found it?
1: well it's you know and and so i've actually heard andy speak on that exact thing and he, and he uh. he talks about building your own personal set of core values and living your life on those core values and being who you are in person and in public being that same person in private so if you won't if you won't pick up the paper towels off the floor in the bathroom of a of a place when no one's in there don't do it when somebody's in there cuz you're not living up to who you truly are you're just being fake and and eventually that will come out and I and I love that it makes me think of um you know and I, I and I love this quote by Edmund Burke it's the only thing necessary for the triumph of evil is for good men to do nothing
0: ah I love that and I I believe that in so many
1: things not just about evil but there's a lot of good people and a lot of people who have the ability to affect drastic and immense change in their families, in their communities, in their lives, in their workplaces
0: but they're waiting for someone else to do it. Yeah. And you know,
1: I I'm a true believe I'm a true believer in strong men. I think as you know, and, and and I'm sure people can call this sexist or what it is, but it's it's just what I believe, and it's not coming from a sexist spot. But men were made to be leaders, and we
0: how the man goes, how the family goes. Oh yeah, we want to see you know how the man goes, the community goes,
1: and we have a lot of good men who are out there who their focus is. Is not on making this world a better place, and 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 even starting that in their families, with their kids, in their communities, in their workplaces. We have a lot of good men who are okay just sitting around doing nothing. Um,
0: and I think in, yeah, oh, sorry, go on. No, just uh,
1: just the the change, the positive change that could happen if 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 people just started acting would be incredible.
0: Yeah. And I think in our own way as well, what's happening now, like, you know, with like the change in like society and culture, like we're realizing that like, you know, women have been leaders all along as well. Like, you know, leaders in like leading a family whilst like the man's not there. And like, you know, like leading, like by gathering a harvest, like together based on the stuff that the man brings home. Like, you know, we're just like, we're just learning all the time. And, it works like from both sides. Like I think there's people who do and there's people who don't. And it's like guy, girl, like whatever, you know, religion, race. I think there's people who want to act and there's people who don't.
1: Yep. I agree. And, you know, and I, and I, and it goes all the way back to, there are people who want to act, but are so scared to do anything because what will their friends think, what will their coworkers think what and they and and just this this fear of validation or acceptance from other people keeps them from act from from acting and being and living who they feel truly called to be and and uh, and I think it all stems back to man positivity learning how to be the catalyst for self-belief in other people's lives to help them be encouraged to really step out is, is, is really what's going to help make a difference and, and really start driving real positive cultural change. And, uh, you know, and it, and it starts just by doing, doing things like this on, and you and I being two strangers now having this conversation and learning how similarly we view, (laughs)
0: stuff yeah it's it's been like a real i I love it i've just i've been so fired up throughout this whole conversation and i've i've been nodding my head so much that i'm probably gonna have (laughs) neck ache in the morning like you can't see me but i've been nodding (laughs) so much and it's just it's nice yeah it's like say two strangers come together they've got a certain point of view on life or certain perspective and like we've like talked about like so much we've covered a lot and I think the advice that you've given out I think um the compassion that you've shown um for like yourself and other people like through your non-for-profit work and you know I think there's compassion and leadership like I genuinely do like um you know it's nice to think like oh easy for you because you're a leader and you've got people under you doing the work but like you know like i i'm a manager at the uh, company that i work at now and like it's it's not easy because you know the the pressure's on you and you know um, i think for you to be able to help out leaders and give them advice and also to look at your own background and past and think I don't want people to go through the same things that I've gone through and I also want to help my kids and, you know, I want them to be able to choose a a better life than I had for themselves and, you know, really create that as well. I don't want to spoon feed it to them. I just think, man, like, you've just got so much going for you and, like, yeah, you're just an inspiration and, like, I think I saw that when I saw your post, like, and it just spoke to me and... I'm just so glad that we had this conversation.
1: Uh, I am too, man. And I, I, I've enjoyed this thoroughly. I, I, you know, I, I still laugh sometimes. I, I don't, and I think it comes from the heart of things too, I guess. I, I don't, I don't really view myself as that as really an inspirational type person, but, um, I really, I really appreciate you, you saying that, and I, and I think um, what you're doing as well, just your, your genuineness to reach out and, and want to have a conversation like this is, is really huge. And I, I just, you know, I have these thoughts and these different things in my head, and I, I enjoy talking about them, and I, I feel very honored uh, that that you would be willing to have somebody like me on to, to ramble about my viewpoints on positivity and, oh, man. and life. So I appreciate it.
0: I'm like, <laughs> I'm like so gassed up to have you here. And I, like, I'm, I'm grateful that you've taken the time out to come on here and I'd love to have you back again. Cause like there's so much more stuff that I could chop up. Um, I just, <laughs> I just have to end it. I just have to end it here, and I just hope that we get to do this again. And yeah, I appreciate you well, we, being here, man. I'm definitely in to do it again. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't think either
1: you or I thought that this was going to go almost two hours. And, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I can honestly say I sat here and just enjoyed the conversation uh, immensely. And and definitely, you know, I, I'd I'd love to back on with you and and look forward to uh uh you know seeing you continuing to do this stuff and and uh you know growing in in this and seeing some other people that you get on here and and learning from you know learning from i I laugh i don't you know i i it's a very humbling thing to think that anybody would learn anything from me but i'm really excited and seeing who else you you get on here and other people that you've talked to because uh, I I love uh, I love learning from from others as well and and you're a great interviewer too man this is only my second podcast ever so uh, you
0: are awesome oh cheers man yeah like I think this is my f- uh, fourth or fifth interview now so yeah just I've like I've been really lucky to have some like uh, awesome characters on. Um, I interviewed a lady from boston um who suffers with bipolar um, i 've interviewed a guy from australia um who runs um who runs an organization uh called the champions um, and he goes round schools and he 's a big mental health advocate um i 've interviewed a paralympian and you do learn a lot from these conversations and yeah, I'm just, yeah, super, super grateful. And I mean, John, like where can people find you? Like, where can people find you on like platforms? Like, have you got Instagram? Like, you know,
1: sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. They can find me on Instagram. Uh, My, my Instagram handle is the Jonathan darling. And, I do really a lot of my social on there. Um, I am on Twitter. I'm not, I still don't get Twitter all too much. Um, (laughs) I think it's just so, I think Twitter can be so noisy. Um, And, but I am on Twitter with the Jonathan D-A-R-1. And um, I also, you know, I'm also on LinkedIn. I do a lot of my leadership stuff and article writing on LinkedIn and, and you could just find me, Jonathan Darling on there. And, um, yeah, you know, and I, and I'm always open to connect with people. I'm also, I'm I'm always open to conversations and, um, you know, any ways that I can potentially help. Uh, I'm, I'm always here. I'm a, I'm an open book. I'll, I'll, I'll be very upfront and honest and and if I can help you i'll I'll let you know and if I can I'll let you know that too
0: yeah and people I think people appreciate the like genuineness that you've shown here, and I'm sure it'll show yeah I'm sure people will see it and it'll show through the communications that and chats that we've had on here and yeah, I just I just really want people to be able to get hold of you because I think, you know, I don't think you're like a charlatan or, like, you know, you're just, like, a fake, like, entrepreneur or anything like that. I just... I look at you and I just see the real deal and I think, yeah, people should be able to get hold of you if they want to, so... But, and, you know,
1: it, it's crazy, man. You, some people using the word entrepreneur, I, 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 I don't necessarily know, you know, I don't know what I, I don't even know if there's a business that I'm trying to start all, I, you know, I guess I just, I just have this message inside of me that I I try to share. And, and, you know, when it comes to leadership and, and, you know, being, being the positive influence in other people's lives. And, you know, I just, I, I just want to help spread that message and, and, um, uh, just help affect positive change, man, so it's, uh, I don't necessarily consider myself an entrepreneur, I just consider myself someone who wants to help the world be a better place.
0: A change agent.
1: I guess guess that's the word for it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, and yeah, I just, it's been a real big deal for me, so thank you, Uh, I've just, I've enjoyed it, and yeah, I just, I really appreciate it. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it too.
0: So that's the show for today, guys. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, If you got any value at all out of what I've been saying or what Jonathan's been saying, follow us on our handles. Um, And also, if you really like the podcast, give it a subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. That'd be really great. Thank you very much. Until next time, guys, peace out.